This is Daizenshu EX, the podcast, episode 34 for the week of July 9th, 2006. And so then Frieza said, say hello to my little friend. Oh, oh, hello there. Hey, this is Daizenshu EX, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Hey, we call it Daizenshu EX, where we cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening, and maybe a little bit of entertaining. My name is Mike Labrie, perhaps you know me as Vegito EX, and if you don't, well now you do. I got two people with me here, Uh, you know, that's usually how this thing works. Who is this to my less than proverbial right? What? That's you. But I am proverbial. And since when do I get second billing? You usually do. No, no, used to be Julian. I know, I changed Used to be the something-something minion. I know, but I (laughs) I ran out of minion things to call him. Like, I had, I don't even remember what I used to do. So so I switched over to you. Oh, okay. Well, hey, Hey. good to be here. (laughs) I have a name, too. Yes, Mary. That's it. That's the one. Is this what we call you? That's what you can refer to me as, yes. That works for me. And then my, you know, I'll just call him my faithful minion. (laughs) There's Julian. Hi. Hello, sir. Yep. How's it going? <laughs> it's going good. When someone says hello, sir, generally you don't say yep. <laughs> you say hello okay. in return. Hello in return. Are you, are you making a uh, a literary statement here? What? Like I'm better than you people? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not admittedly, anyway. <laughs> That's what I figured. Oh, we are on episode 34 of our podcast, and we're going strong. I am happy to be here. I've been having fun all week. Well, when did I get it? I guess I got it Monday, right? Yes. Came on Monday. It's Friday I grabbed now. it during my lunch break on Monday. And during my lunch break, I called Mike at work. Yay! Because I knew he'd just be that excited to I, receive this particular item. I love those kind of phone calls. But you have something waiting for you. It's better than, hey, Mike, the house burned down. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and I guess wow. I would expect a call for that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So if you haven't figured it out by now, the uh, underlying theme for the entire episode is going to be Super Dragon Ball Z. The PS2 port, yay, it's out in Japan, and it's in my PS2, and I'm a happy boy. So we have tell. we have news about it, we have a whole topic about it, so I say we get on into it, folks. So the first bit of news is, well, about Super DBZ. The game came out on June 29th, and the way um, they do releases, numbers, statistics in Japan, they do it uh, by week. So this week was June 26th to July 2nd, and within that week, Super Dragon Ball Z sold 95,082 copies. That made it number two for the week, behind only New Super Mario Brothers. Ooh. Yeah, Dragon Ball game comes out in Japan, and, uh, well, all hell breaks loose, and everyone buys it, apparently. Yay. Yay. Uh, including several, you know, American people. Like me. Game's selling well. I expect it to continue selling well for a while now. I'm curious to see how it sells in its second week, since it will have been out for a full week. Right. Yeah, that's what's interesting, is uh, the 29th was, you know, in the middle of that week. So for it to be number two and only have half of that week, that's... Uh, Pretty damn good. Hella good there. Yeah, week two will be interesting. I guess it'll mostly be week and a half, but... Ish. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll talk more about the game very soon. 
the only other bit of news this week is uh, the Battle Stadium DON website has updated with some neat things, including all the, uh, well, all three official TV spots. And these are the ones that the main character from each individual series narrates. So we have Son Goku, we have Luffy, and we have Naruto. And it's, uh, they're cute. I think <laughs> that's all I really have to say about it. This mic yep. goes into cute voice, and he's all excited like a fanboy. Come to think of it, is Kuririn in this game? Uh, yes, he is. So, yeah, he gets to talk to himself. <laughs> uh, I can't wait so to see fun. that. <laughs> be interesting to compare the voices directly, you know? It will be, yeah, in the exact same game. I'm guessing Krillin's not as hyper as, yeah. as Luffy. Or, or as stupid. <laughs> yeah, definitely not as stupid. Or hungry. <laughs> or rubbery. Or hairy. The list goes on and on. <laughs> wow. Anyway. I think we'll stop the list there, though. Well, Bill Krillin has no hair. I mean, I guess he does at some point. He's yeah. always had it. He just didn't grow it. Yeah. No. Die. That's really it for news. I mean, it hasn't been a very big week. Um, so when it's yep. not a big week, it ends up being video game news. Like it almost always is anyway. But hey, hey. they're putting out so much. Ooh, video games. It is time to get on into it. It ain't out in America yet, but we've been playing it. Topic. Super Dragon Ball Z. You will be hearing that often as you start up the game, and, well, they tell you what game you're playing. Super Dragon Ball Z came out on June 29th in Japan for the PS2. Now, in case you've been uh, living under a rock for a while, or don't visit our website, Super Dragon Ball Z was an arcade fighting game that came out in December 2005 in Japan. Now, what's interesting about this game is that it was developed by the studio Crafts and Meister, headed by a certain individual that worked on a certain game called... Um, what is it? It's Capcom and it's something influential. Oh, yes! Street Fighter 2! Yeah, that, that little <laughs> game. Maybe you've heard of it before. If you've ever played a video game, you've heard of Street Fighter 2. So, as opposed to, you know, what we've had recently on the home consoles, Super Dragon Ball Z, I'm just going to say it. This is a real fucking fighting game. Damn street. This is a fighting game. Well, I've only played it in arcades, and I lost pretty badly, so. <laughs> like I said, this is a fighting game. That's what yeah. happens. You lose. I guess we should start out just by describing what the difference is between this and the games we've had recently. Let's talk about the Budokai series. It's evolved really nicely. It's not the same as playing an old school fighting game. We've also had the first Sparking game and the next one coming soon, which is even more off to the side of a what we consider a tried and true fighting game. I, I just have to reiterate this. Super Dragon Palsy is a fighting game. This is a hardcore fighting game. Now, we've been reading a lot of stuff online, and we're going to get into all this. A lot of people aren't so sure about this, and, you know, I don't even know if they've even played it yet, but, you know, that remains to be seen when uh, they actually get the game and form an educated opinion on it. But we got to talk about this, because this is really important in Dragon Ball's evolution of games as they've been coming out. This is a big step. So we're going to break this game into probably four sections. We're going to talk about the presentation and the graphics. We're going to talk about the sound. Most importantly, we're going to talk about the gameplay. And then finally, we'll talk about uh, miscellaneous, the other stuff, things in the game. Yay. Mary, yes. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay, maybe I have an answer. I think you do have an answer to this. If you could, I'm going to guide you really well onto this, oh. so, so I make sure you answer it correctly with what I want you to say. <laughs> Great. I love having my own opinion. <laughs> when you look at the presentation of this game, 
What is the single word that comes to mind? I'm going to give you a hint. It's five letters. Starts with man. Manly? <laughs> it's five letters. <laughs> I suppose that's an accurate answer. Let me rephrase that. It starts with mon. Mon ga. Mon ga indeed. Good <laughs> Maybe you should know, pronounce it as man. Because then I would have been like, manga. <laughs> this game looks like that there manga that is in that dictionary nowadays. Wow, do not ever speak like that again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this game definitely, if you're a manga fan, you're going to love the presentation of this game. That's the overlying theme in terms of style. It really is. So let's just discuss a few basic things about this presentation. I love the loading screens. Yes. That's the the big selling point. The big, wow, this is really, you know, they're paying a great homage to the manga covers, the original manga run covers. It's so sexy. It's got the uh, the colored stripe going at the top with the thin black lines. I think there's two or three by that colored line. Right. And then it has a single character, usually whoever's in the player two slot. If you're Mm -hmm. playing versus mode, they show up as like a cutout on top of an image. The image is usually a picture of the stage you're about to play, but kind of drawn in a manga-ish form. It's really so it kind of looks like a manga cover. And in place where it normally says jump jump comics in the Mm -hmm. corner, I think it usually says stage zero one or or wins. I I forget. It says something in text, but. It's yeah. very cleverly laid out, and I appreciate that. And even the font is, you know... Oh, that's the right, the blue. Font. The two shades of blue. Yeah. Um, That's not for the character name, is it? No, the, the character name is kind of in a more fun font in a color, right. but <laughs> I forget where on the screen it has, like, the two-toned blue font that is usually... You know, it's based off the original Dragon Ball text that's on the cover this of the This topic manga. demands screen caps. Uh, right. there, there's going to be plenty of them. My, my entire weekend is going to be sound samples, audio samples and oh yeah we have a video to work on too but <laughs> there's going to be all sorts of great pictures i hope uh i have to reinstall yep. the drivers on this video capture card but anyways <laughs> uh let's talk about all the other manga elements the biggest one within the actual gameplay is probably the sound effects written out on oh, the screen yeah, as you hit the characters effect. yeah i thought that was very much you know if i was playing this in arc in an arcade more so than you know playing it at home i feel like playing it in an arcade with those sound effects written out, it would have more of an impact. I don't yeah. know. That makes absolutely no sense, but I think that'd be kind of more fun in a group setting, <laughs> like in an arcade. It's, it's with really the joystick. Cute. It's really cute. Um, and when you do big attacks and explosions, it'll kind of show up semi-transparent in the background. You've got the big like boom back there. It, it's very cute. I love it. And kind of going along with all of this, thick black outlines. Yes. <laughs> on, on just about everything. It's very, very manga style. There's also the uh, main selection screen that looks like panels from a manga. That's how it's laid out. All the right. different areas you can choose from, like uh, versus mode, options, and all that. It's all laid out like panels from a comic, and there's a different character for each for each area. And I don't remember all of them, but I specifically remember the Super Saiyan Gohan one. It's... You know, a very well-known color picture from the manga. And I wouldn't say it's animated, but there's different They kind of have a shaking. It. Yeah, it kind of moves up and down. It's really neat looking. They kind of grew a little bit. Yeah, know. exactly. I think there's one of Cell. There's one of Vegeta training a capsule core. Yeah. There's a Master Roshi one. And there's Shenron. Yes. <laughs> Who gets his own loading screen when you summon him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, colors. Yeah. Ooh. Colors. Um, You'll notice there's... Not quite a saturated orange. What does this mean? 
Uh, people's uniforms exactly yeah it's uh well you know based on the manga color scheme it's a little more subdued um i guess just less saturated overall is the best way to describe it. but it's Mm. still bright it yeah it's it's very very colorful but um you're not going to see the shining glowing (laughs) that i guess the uh the sparking series started using it's really hard to describe and i don't know if pictures are going to do it justice you kind of have to see it in motion Mm. but it's uh it's really neat uh, is see. there anything else about the general presentation? Because I do have a couple things about the graphics themselves yeah, to discuss. Me too. But um, presentation-wise, is there anything else? I guess let's talk about just the uh, graphics and the the movement, kind of tying in with gameplay, but focusing on the visuals for a second. Within the background stages, you can destroy anything you want. Yeah, I love that <laughs> I interactivity. Love <laughs> this is even more so than you did in Sparking, where, oh, I blew up a little mountain thing or you know, a tree or whatever. No, you're blowing up uh, Namekian houses. You're blowing up specific parts of the Tenkaichi Budokai ring, like just the corner maybe, or you're blowing through just a single segment of a wall. It's really, really neat, and it's animated extremely well. That goes to the characters, too. Yes, they are extremely fluid moving. This goes into part of the reason why I think this is a very superior game, but I might hold off on that. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, fluid movements. The way they move, uh, one of the first ones I noticed was when you were playing as Fat Boo. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> just the way he kind of stretched out and pranced along. It was just animated gorgeously. Now, to contrast this, <laughs> there are a couple little things that have been bugging the hell out of me. Back in the Tenkaichi Budokai stage, you've got the announcer guy. He kind of stands in the back center where that opening is where everyone walks out to the ring. He kind of stands there. There are a couple moments where he runs back and forth, and it just looks really rigid and like, oh, we threw him in last moment. He's running back and forth. And that's kind of distracting when everything else is so fluid. On the uh, Planet Namek stage, I just noticed this the other day, Dende's running around, Hmm. except he's running really, really slow. He's Dende. Well, I guess. <laughs> but he's slow. And he's, he was irritating me. So I went over to him and I was hoping like you could hit him and he would, you know, like ah, fly off or something. But it just does that thing where he gets kind of transparent and you walk through each other. So I didn't like that. I was hoping I could kick him into a house or something. No such luck. No. I think while the backgrounds and all the settings are interactive and you can like, you know, destroy things, mm-hmm. I think... At the same time, it's still kind of flat looking. I don't know how to describe it. I had the same kind of note written. I mean, where the backgrounds are, it looks like they're very detailed, but at the same time, it looks like they're very non-detailed. Yeah, it looks, especially on the Budokai stage and even the uh, the Snake Way stage, you're standing on the clouds, so it would normally have a feeling of fluffiness and you know, 3D-ness. Yeah. But you're standing there, you can, say, you can see it's just a pattern laid down very flatly, and the mm. pattern, you can see where mm. it repeats itself. So I thought that mm. was kind of sloppy looking. Same yeah. thing for the yeah. grass on the Budokai ring. But I still like how you can, you know, interact with the background. So it's kind of a trade-off. You right. can interact more, but, you we know. We were knocking each other up and down through the clouds. Yes. That, that was really neat. Oh, one last thing with the graphics, I have to say. PS2 Jackies. Oh, yeah. It's like I can tell the characters move very nicely. I can tell the colors are great. They're animated nicely. And I like cell shading, but they look Sony, really jaggy on Sony the outside. Just never got this right. Right. I mean, they messed it up with their initial, you know, hardware specs and all this. And you know, yeah. every polygonal PS2 game has the jaggies and 
I mean, wasn't that a problem with the original PlayStation 2, or the original PlayStation as well? Yeah, and it looks to be the case with the PS3 from earlier reports as well. Like, though, <sighs> maybe we should fix the jaggies, but... Anti-aliasing? What's that? <laughs> hmm, what be that? No, uh, yeah, jaggies. Kind of irritating, and even Mary's mom noticed. Oh, yeah, day. and she knows something about <laughs> video games. We're playing at my parents' house. She's like, oh, what's this, a new video game? She's looking at it. Immediately right off the bat, she says, why doesn't this look as good as the other games? And I was shocked. I was like, <laughs> whoa. Even to the untrained eye, you can just tell by looking. That's yeah. not to say it looks like ass. It's just the No, jaggies. it looks very nice, yeah. Although, yeah and, and, and it's not something you see when you play it. When I played it in arcade, it wasn't, it's not something I noticed. Right. Well, when you're, uh, when you're playing, you're too busy. You know, getting your ass beat and trying well, to fight true, back. <laughs> but if you're just kind of casually watching, you're going, I know that graphical problem. You know, there's something else about the graphics that bug me. What's that? I think the attacks are very cool and very badass and very mm-hmm. varied, but some of them look really, really lame. Like Frieza has a some kind of spinning disc that has like spiky edges to it, but it looks like a big it looks like pink, a it looks like a big pink and purple blob with absolutely no depth or detail to it. It's true. So I was like, <laughs> that looks kind of lame. But it's just like Frieza Kato <laughs> something <laughs> cool. But I'm going to get to that in the sound. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I think that's everything I have to say about the presentation and graphics. Yeah, I think the overall consensus is that the graphics are good and has good you know, animation and interactivity, but they could be polished a little bit it, better. It suffers from just general PS2 stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the original arcade game was based off of PS2 hardware, so that's just how the game is. And I guess if they do a sequel, we'll take it from there. Well, let's move on into the sound of the game. Sound um, includes music and and all this other stuff. Music. Uh-huh. Um, Mary, have you heard more than two songs in this game? I've maybe heard three, and one of them astonishes me because I was the one that pointed it out. So I was kind of <laughs> proud of myself on that level, but maybe it's because we tend to just do the stage, the Budokai level. I haven't played on that many other stages, so I haven't seen, yeah. you know, if maybe there's more specific music. Well, when but- we first got it, I was doing the original mode, the arcade right. mode, and that did take you through different stages. But even when I was playing that, I was saying, I keep hearing the same song over and over, and it's getting a little irritating. Right. And occasionally there's one song that'll pop up that yeah. fans with very well-trained ears might pick out. Yeah, it's... it's uh. Definitely a remix of a very well-known DBZ background music. Uh, It started out around the Frieza era, and it got used a lot later on. It's just a really, really powerful, dramatic piece. It's the one that goes... um Um, Something else about the music... I went into the options and turned down the background music three levels. By default, it seems to just completely overpower the volume. I was like, I can't hear what the characters are saying. I can't hear the sound effects. What's wrong? Oh, the music is too loud. So I had to go in and turn it down. And uh, turning it down three puts it to about what I like it at. You know, your mileage may vary, but that's what I seem to like about it. Um, all the respective voice actors are here, including a certain Hikaru Midorikawa, supposedly. Now, the end credits are all listed in English, so, you know, I could read it very easily. And he was listed as number 16, and I know he hasn't done all of the recent games. Well, at least some of them. It doesn't sound like him, though. Yeah, but he hasn't said that much, and plus, like you said, with the background music overpowering... I haven't had a chance to really sit down and hear 16 that well. And Plus, he, he talks quietly in the first place. Well, yeah. <laughs> and one of his openings is just him going like, Ugh. 
or something. <laughs> so I'm gonna try grabbing a voice sample and. You know, he's, he's been around for a while, so maybe his voice is just changing. Maybe. I don't, I don't, I don't know, but it doesn't sound like him. He's to finally me. hitting puberty. I know, I right? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. But, um, everyone else is fantastic. I, I mean, these people have been in practice, even though the show's been over, between doing other shows and doing at least one new video game every year. Everyone sounds phenomenal. Um, Frieza, we, we kind of mentioned him earlier. His attacks are very, very, subdued the way he speaks them. And Mary, you made a fantastic comparison. This came out of left field for me. <laughs> I was so proud of Mary. And I was like, oh, I'm crying out of just sheer joy that Mary would make this reference. Uh, Frieza has this attack where he kind of throws his little grenade thing and Mary goes, Hey, he sounds and he's doing an attack just like Darch and Dark from the Street Fighter EX series. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of looked at her mom like, You are my girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, he says it so quietly, kind of the same right. inflections as this character does in the EX game where he just throws an explosive on the guy. And he goes, Explosive. <laughs> and Frieza goes, I don't, I don't, I don't know, know, but it was kind of in the same... I'm going to try to throw in a couple of voice samples right here. Explosive. Wow, it sounded awesome. <laughs> but wow. all of Freeze's attacks, even when he does his death ball, usually it's that death, death ball! <laughs> but this one is just death ball. He's like, I'm sexy Freeze. I now. love it. I think that's it for sound. Yeah, it's kind of all right. Yeah, that's my general thoughts on it. It's, and, it's all right. And, you know, the remakes of uh, Hedgehog 2005 isn't all that great. Oh, oh, we totally forgot to mention that. Yeah, the opening to the game is, um, well, I guess we'll kind of mention it later, but the opening is just uh, in-game footage done to the 2005 Chala Hit which, uh. <laughs> you know, whatever. It's all right. Nothing to write home about. No. Cute, but, uh, you know, it's still a lot better than the sparking opening. It's gay man humping 3D shininess. Uh. <laughs> Gameplay! <laughs> yes. This is the most important thing. Right. L let's just get this off my chest here. I am a Street Fighter player. I have wasted so many tokens over the years. Super Turbo, the Alpha series, Street Fighter 3. I've lost hundreds of dollars in these games. And plus buying all the re-releases on all the various systems. I have bought Alpha 3 so many times. Let's not even get into it. <laughs> you just have the anthology that I got for you for your birthday. Thank you, Mary. You're welcome. I still have to unlock uh, Hyper Alpha. But anyways, I am a Street Fighter player. Now, all these years, there are the rumors about, oh, did you know Capcom's going to make a Street Fighter game? And No, of course, that wasn't true. You mean a Dragon Ball game? What did I say? Street you Fighter said game? Street Fighter yeah. game. <laughs> Fancy that. Capcom's going to make a Street Fighter game. Grr. <laughs> <laughs> And here we have one of the guys who originally did Street Fighter 2 with his own studio doing a Dragon Ball game. I peed my pants. I have been anticipating this game so much. Now, all right, we've said I'm a Street Fighter player. I like Street Fighter games. Want to play a Dragon Ball game. I'm in pure heaven here. I love the gameplay of the game. But let's describe it a little bit. The best way I can describe this to you, it's kind of a mix of Tekken and Street Fighter. Now, what do I mean by this? If you've played Tekken, you know that the four main buttons control each of the four main limbs. That's not what this does. However, the way combos are done in Tekken, and, you know, I don't love Tekken, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but the dial-a-combo kind of thing, 
where you're like, oh, yeah, square, square, triangle, triangle. And the Budokai series and Sparking kind of did, got into this a little bit, but they put in the energy attack at the end. This is just pure hand-to-hand dial combo. It's got a little bit of that, but on top of that, you have all of the Street Fighter elements. You have your fireball motions, you have your dragon punch motions, you have your double fireballs to do a super attack. It's uh, very projectile-based with all the characters. I would say it's two-thirds Street Fighter, one-third Tekken. Does that sum it up pretty that well? That sounds good. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I think so. Uh, and now I feel like playing Tekken, or at least Tekken Bowling. Tekken Bowling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Now, we've also mentioned all the interaction with the stage, so I guess we don't need to get into that a whole lot. Oh, yeah. If you're a Street Fighter player, you're definitely going to feel at home. You pick Goku, you do a fireball motion, you do a Kamehameha. You do a dragon punch motion, um, y- you do a dragon punch. You'll feel right, and you can even unlock, um, Shunkanido for Goku, which is also a dragon ball, or a dragon punch kind of motion with, um, one of the buttons. So it's all the exact same motions, and mm. it just feels very natural, including things like, um, juggles and air combos. It just feels like that's exactly what I would do if I was playing another fighting game, a real fighting game. And this is just, it feels very intuitive and natural and flowy. Right. The way I was playing this. I like it because Mm. it's everything the Budokai series and Sparking isn't. I think they're fun games. I could pick them up for a round and play it and be done with it. And there's a reason why I can only play it for a (laughs) round and be done with it. I hate dial combos. I hate wasting time charging. I hate in-cut or in-game animations where you do a sequence and, you know, it's just a character skin, and they all do the same motion, and they do fancy tricks and blah. No. I want to pick up a game and fight you. I don't want any of this fancy crap. I don't want to waste my time charging. I just want to fight you and continue to fight you and, and you know, play round after round after round. And that's why I love this game. Like there... you said, it flows well. Yeah. Um, it's intuitive, which is a big selling point for me. Like, I get the fireball motions. You know, it's... you've mentioned this. I got to stop you here. You do not charge your key in this game. It's great! It charges it automatically. <laughs> the last game that Yay. wanted to be this game was Final Bout. Mm-hmm. Final Bout tried to be a Street Fighter kind of game. It had the fireball motions, but you still had to charge your key, and it still moved really slow. Mm-hmm. This just bumps it up a notch. To me, I haven't played a Dragon Ball game like this since Hyperdimension on Super Nintendo. That's probably what a lot of people And are that's say. why I like this game so much because it reminded me <laughs> of a good old-fashioned, you know, Super Nintendo fighting game. Well, yeah. not so much Super Nintendo, but a Capcom fighting game. Hence, not that Capcom um, did Hyperdimension. No, no, but... no, no, but it just had that <laughs> feeling to it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm pretty um strict when it comes to how I want my Dragon Ball <laughs> video games. I don't want this Bells and whistles crap. Just give me a fighting <laughs> game. Just give me not a uh, hundred characters. This is my other problem with the Budokai games. When you tell me that there's a hundred characters in a game, to me that means it's really one character. You just slap a hundred different skins on this character and everyone plays the same. That is not what this game is. Each no. character plays very individually. It lists right on the character selection screen everyone's strengths and weaknesses. Like I look at Vegeta. Oh, he has... A high attack and high key, but he's low on speed or... That's not know. necessarily right. I know, that's not, <laughs> and it's not necessarily right, but it breaks it down like that for every single character, and that's important to me. They definitely do play differently. Like, the, um, the Jinzo Ningen are extremely slow. So, you know, I played them immediately, because I'm like, oh, yay, 17 and 18, I love them. I played them both, I'm like, hmm, they're both really slow. I mean, they're good in other areas, but I don't right. like slow characters, so I won't be playing them, you know... 
as much, but I yeah. appreciate the fact that each character plays differently. On the other hand, Boo, I played once. I'm like, ooh, you he's like fun. <laughs> he prances. I mean, oh yeah, that helps a lot. Now you can't say that in the Budokai and the Sparking series that every character plays exactly the same. Well, it feels there, that way to me. I'm it, not. It does. There are slight differences. Like one of the things I can think of in Sparking is uh, Trunks in his um, Super Saiyan bulky grade three kind Ultra. of stage. Ultra. Ultra. Yeah. Um, he, he's slow and powerful and he kind of like kicks over his head. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not that much different than picking Gotenks. I mean, <laughs> they all are going to do the exact same thing no matter what. You rush in, you hit punch. That's how you play the game. Mm-hmm. I know there's more depth to these games. I'm a huge Padokai game or series fan. I, I know all the juggles and the chain combos and all that stuff. But this game has depth. To me, as a non-hardcore fighting gamer, it just seems like, you know, I'm too lazy to get into <laughs> the depth of Budokai games, which is why I like this game where it's familiar territory and, you know, it's not dial of combos and I can tell right off the bat that the characters are different. I don't want to have to learn that the characters are different. <laughs> I want to know right off the bat that you, you they're all different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, let's get back to the whole super moves thing. Okay. We have a super meter. We also have something called an action meter. Now, this is kind of different from what we're used to. There's no key meter. Like we said, you don't have to charge your key. Your super meter builds up like any other super meter in any other game. Um, you attack your opponent, it builds up, etc., etc. The action meter is something separate at the bottom of the screen. You each have one. It kind of um, builds off the middle. It's in four parts. You need your action meter to do things like dash in and do your super attacks and all that stuff. And it'll rebuild on its own, but if you use it too much, it's going to run out for a second. So you kind of have to pay attention to your action meter as well as your uh, super bar and just keep everything in balance and pay attention to what's going on. Very, very much strategy. It's a hardcore fighting game. What else can I say about it? (laughs) One of the things I've actually been having a problem with And I'm not sure what's at fault here, the game or my stupidity, especially when you start customizing your characters and giving them new special moves, I forget all the moves that the character has. Like, I've upgraded Goku with the Genkidama and uh, the Shunkanido and all that other stuff. And I was mentioning how it's a mix of Tekken and Street Fighter. I start mixing in how I play, and if I'm too busy doing the in-close hand-to-hand stuff, I forget that I have all these other moves at my disposal, and it kind of messes with the way I play. I guess you just have to practice until you get the swing of things. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's just the one. It's not a gripe. It's the thing I've noticed about how I've been playing lately. But you know, it's only been five days, right? So I'm sure I'll no, I'll get into it. Then I'll I'll forget how to play Sparking again. Then the sequel will come out, and I'll be all confused. But gameplay. Is there anything else to say about the gameplay of the game? I like it. I like it too. It's fast, responsive, and pretty. Oh, we should say it's not a 2D game on the 3D field. You can sidestep right. and all that stuff. So it's a, it's a true 3D game mm-hmm. in all the grand respects. I like that things are grounded. You can fly, mm-hmm. but it's not like they were the crazy, ridiculous, let's chase each other in the air until we catch up with each other like you might find in some of the other games. Oh, like in Sparking where your character could be on the other side of the planet right. or something. <laughs> like to me, that's not fun. It's just, you know, right. being cheap. I want to be able to smack you down. And that's not that the stages are small. They're actually rather large, but you don't lose each other. Exactly. And I think that's just the nature of this being 
a real fighting game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all well and good to recreate the universe. I'm not gonna oh, yeah. knock sparking for being what and it is. You've always said sparking is the game that recreates the feeling of the show perfectly. Right, and that's it's fine and dandy. Yeah, it's definitely but it frustrates me. Respect, but yeah, I can understand it being frustrating. <laughs> Which is why, too. like I keep saying, I like the fact I can get this game, turn it on, you know, play a couple rounds. And, you know, I'm there. I don't need to spend you know five minutes trying to find you on the screen because I'm a sucky player. <laughs> Well, you know, I guess we can say with the release of this game, every aspect of a Dragon Ball fighting game that you could want, pick a game, you have it. Right. And that's really exciting to finally have that in 2006. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How long has the show been, you know, off the air with new episodes? Quite a while. Yeah. Let's talk about the fun stuff in the game. Not that the, you know, the graphics and the sound and the gameplay are not fun. The miscellaneous things. Um, Ooh, Trunks of the Lightsaber? Trunks of the Lightsaber and Frieza with a motherfucking bazooka. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I was really upset because I unlocked Mecha Frieza and he didn't have it right away. I was like, where's my Frieza with his gun? I want to shoot things. But I don't remember if it was the Wish or the, um, this is another thing. I'm going to call it the Choose Your Own Adventure customization. It was one of those two. Then I got my gun. I was happy. And I was like, yay, I'm Frieza and I'm shooting things. <laughs> um, you can go through the, they call it original mode, but it's really your standard arcade mode or you fight opponents, best of three rounds, and you know, when you move on. And there's also survival mode. Within these two modes, any given Dragon Ball game, what do you do? You collect Dragon Balls. What do you do with Dragon Balls? You unlock things. So that's kind of what we've been doing. Uh, in the customization for the characters, there's all sorts of neat things. I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna call this the choose your own adventure customization. As you level up your experience bar, you can go down this path, and it's with question marks. And as you move down, you have a selection. You can say, I want to give Goku a new special move, or I want to boost his defense. Pick one of the two. And as you go down, you split your path, and you may, you know, go down and sidestep these things. So you really have to pay attention and think about, what do I want to do with my character? Think of it as a non-crazy Final Fantasy X grid sphere way of leveling up. (laughs) Wow, Mary with the RPG reference. (laughs) Wow, I'm I'm two for two. Is lightning gonna strike three times? We'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> find out on Daisenshu EX. Can Mary make a third video game reference? <laughs> wow, you think I was a gamer or something? <laughs> um, so that's really neat as well, and it does the fantastic. Um, also in this customization, you know, this is where you do your alternate colors and you can wish for your, um, additional outfits and all that stuff. You collect the Dragon Balls, you summon Shenron, and, well, they write it as Shenron, Shenlong, whatever you want to call them. And those two modes kind of tie in together the way you customize your characters. Um, as you build experience, you can unlock the ability to unlock additional things. Uh, like when you first play, you play a couple rounds, Majin Buu unlocks. You play a couple more rounds, build up your character. Oh, well, now you can unlock Piccolo Daimao. Play uh, <laughs> a couple more days. Oh, yay, now I can wish for Mecha Frieza. That's kind of how it works. So um, you're not going to get all the characters the first day, unless that's all you do for several hours. It took me three days of casual playing to unlock the six extra characters. So uh, you'll get them pretty quick. I mean, it's a real fighting game. That's how it works. Characters, want to shoot down the list here? Sure. All right. Immediately playable. Son Gohan um, from the Cell arc. That kind of Gohan. Nice. Son Goku. Chi-Chi. Yay, she has a fan, and she flies via Kinton. Yes. She's cute. She's getting Noibo as well. She's great. Put it in. 
Trunks, Piccolo, number 18, Cell, number 16, Frieza, Vegeta, and number 17. So you have 12 characters initially. And like we said, you can unlock additional characters. There's six more. There's Majin Buu, Fat Mr. Buu. Um, he prances, said it three times. It's phenomenal. Uh, Son Gohan, uh, older in his kind of Kaioshin outfit with the Z sword. Uh, Videl, Piccolo Daimao, Majin Vegeta, and Mecha Frieza with a motherfucking bazooka. So you've got a good variety of characters here. Um, it's a good amount, and yet they also play individually. With the exception of, like, Frieza and Mecha Frieza. I mean, they kind of play the same, except, you know, one's got a gun. <laughs> In terms of the characters, there's one or two things that bugs me, and I think I mentioned this the other night. Okay. If they had more room, I would have liked to have seen Goten, just for the sake of having one of the kids one of the in the kids. games. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're all adult characters. Right. With the exception of Gohan from the Cell arc. Right. But, you know, Gohan growing into adulthood mm-hmm. has to, you know, has to grow up, so I right. guess. And I understand this game is pretty much going to be the cream of the crop characters, but right. I would have liked to have seen maybe Tenshin Han or Yamcha. I know. One of them usually gets a lot in every game, at least. Yeah. But I mean, they can do Key Blast, so it's not like they'd be useless. We got Chi-Chi, though. Yeah, yeah. Can't so, complain at all so about that. So I guess that. that makes up for some of the lesser characters, or the B-list characters, or even D-list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. That was pretty in-depth. Yeah. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention about the sound. Originally an arcade game, arcades, loud. So they probably didn't pay much attention to the music. That's really all I wanted to say about it. But, you know, whatever. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Um, Let's talk about the American release. Okay. Is there an American release? Is there going to be one? (laughs) I don't know. I believe so. We had that press release from Atari last week that said uh, it's gone gold, which means they finished it and have pressed the final version. There's still no official release date anywhere. GameStop doesn't have a listing. Uh... Game stores down the street don't have a clue when it's coming out. Amazon doesn't have a listing. Well, they have a listing. They don't have a date for it yet. The American Strategy Guide comes out on July 18th. Now, a lot of strategy guides come out before the game. That's just how it works. But uh, we don't have a date yet. And just for one last confirmation, I'm going to click the uh, entry here on Amazon. And it says, oh, hey, here's an update. Just today, Amazon says this item will be released on July 18th, 2006. Same day as the book. Wow. Hey, we have extra news. Yay. Ding, 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 news bulletin. Uh, I don't like the American cover art. Oh my god, that's butt ugly. <laughs> I'm looking at it from, from my chair, and that's composited very awkwardly, and the colors look too butch. It, I guess awkward <laughs> sums it up pretty well. The, the Japanese cover is so smexy. Look, look at how they just kind of wrote, Super. Where the uh, katakana was, it looks really out of place. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll have this updated on Dyson Chuyx, Image <laughs> yes. and all. Yeah. Uh, uh. Why are the American covers so sucktacular compared to the originals? <laughs> like Goku with a fist? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, the Japanese cover had everyone on. It was nice and colorful and happy. And now they're going for manly. Well, you said manly. That's well, how you, yeah, that's because, how you started the session. Hey, you said you were trying to lead me into the direction. You said, what's a word that starts with man? Uh, five letters. Manly. All right. So, American gamers, it looks like you're going to be getting this sooner than we thought. Um, I can't remember if they've actually confirmed Japanese voices in the game. I think they did. They've been doing it uh. with all the games lately. But uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see what they do with the music. Because I'm sure they won't keep the head chala. They'll replace that with something at least. Because they get rid of We Got a Power and uh, Sparking. Uh, maybe they're just going to get more recycled Budokai music. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> hey, fifth game. No one's going to notice. Let's keep it in there. Okay. So I think we've summed up everything we can say about having the game in 
the last five days. So seeing as how the game is going to be coming out here in a matter of, you know, a week or so, consider this your preview there you of go. a game that you will have not too far into the future. This I, is your look into the future. Yes. And it's a grand look. In the year 2006. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's just keep on moving. We have a lot of stuff to get to still. So, Mr. Julian. Yes. It's time for ABCs. Okie dokie. Julian Sensei. Yes. I have a question. Then speak, my man. Or wait. <laughs> well, he is your Let me let me think about that. <laughs> Julian. Yes. Kamehameha. Kamehameha. Indeed. It's K well, Day. It's K Day. Yay! The letter K, and I'm doing the word Kamehameha. This is probably the most well-known attack from the series. It is created by Muten Roshi, or Kamehsenin, and he takes about 50 years to master it, and then Goku learns it just by watching. <laughs> um, and it goes on to become sort of like the staple attack of most of the good guys. Yeah. Even bad guys. Even a bad guy. Or two. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, uh, and later on it's learned by some of the bad guys, too, especially if they have, like, a genetic or just weird predisposition to things like that. <laughs> let's, let's call it a genetic disorder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so it goes on, you know, originally it's Kamisenin and then Goku learns it and then Kuririn learns it and then, well, Yamcha learns it and Tenshinhan learns it and Chaozu learns it and, well, basically everybody learns it. I would, I'd be surprised if Bulma didn't know it. <laughs> um, hey, you can give it yeah. to Chi-Chi in Super DBZ. You can well, give it to Chi-Chi in Super DBZ. Can I play this round? <laughs> I'm going to play this round alone with the lights off. Julian, continue. Ah. Well, and let's see. I, I suppose we could go into a little bit about the name. Apparently, Toriyama was trying to think of a name, and his wife suggested Kamehameha. That being because the word Kame means turtle. And, well, uh, there's also a Hawaiian king with the name Kamehameha, which she seems to have uh, intentionally or unintentionally chosen as the base for the attack name. Well, real quick, the, you said those two words differently. Yeah, well, the pronunciation of the attack in Dragon Ball kind of lies along uh, Japanese phonology. And, and so, it also really goes with the Kame part. Yeah, Kamehameha. And so you kind of have the first syllable, Kame, set up the intonation of the next two. Right. Well, like, yeah, the next two parts. And then Ha is kind of, well, it stands on its own anyway, so there you go. Uh, whereas uh, Kamehameha, I'm not sure of the actual meaning of the name, but it's Hawaiian and so it has its own pronunciation. Right. And it's and, uh, interesting to note that when Funimation originally began dubbing it, they went with Kamehameha, which is yep. pretty close to that Hawaiian King pronunciation, but yes. incorrect. Yep. And so, well, Kamehameha was a Hawaiian King. In fact, he was the first of a number of people also named Kamehameha. He unified the Hawaiian Islands under a single government, that being himself. <laughs> and he has a day commemorating him on June 11th. Yay! And so, uh, then you get the Kamehameha. Um, there's uh, etymologies that suggest that the... Dragon Ball term can be broken down into Kame, turtle, Hametsu, which means like destruction, and Ha, obviously, since that's the kanji, it's it's wave, like energy wave. Right. But I don't know if the second part really is what Toriyama intended or if it's just that's how it is. It kind of works out that way. Yeah. So uh, don't take my word for it on that. And I guess uh, we should also say it's kind of redundant to say Kamehameha wave because the Ha yeah. is the wave. Yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah. And so, let's see, going into the, the coloring of the attack, it's usually either yellow or blue, depending on who's using it. <laughs> or if you're playing a video game or not. Yeah. Um, and then, well, there's, a, I guess, a couple of different variations in the various points of the TV series. Right. 
that um, Super Saiyajin 4 Goku uses a, like a red Kamehameha, something like that. Yes, the Jubai Kamehameha, or as Goku yeah. says, the Jubei. Yes, because <laughs> he's like that. <laughs> and uh, let's see, it's usually, but not always, formed by sort of cup, like putting the like the the heel of the wrists right together and splaying the hands outward and putting them like by your side. Yeah, you you cup the them a little then, bit. Yeah, saying the spiel and then putting them forward and releasing the blast with the hands, like making sort of a cup thing. But taking them uh, back to not, Street Fighter, it, it's a Hadouken. Hadouken, <laughs> yeah. But it's not always done like that. Uh, people who have lost the use of their arms have done it with their, <laughs> their, feet, their feet, for example. <laughs> and another, you know, if you don't have one arm. You can still use the other one to just do a one-handed. So it's obviously pretty flexible in its usage. Right. And, I mean, for a while it was kind of this uh, ultimate technique until yeah. more, more, more ultimate, ultimate techniques <laughs> surfaced, like the Genkidama, for example. Yeah, that but kind of even, took over. But even up until the, uh, the Cell arc, it got its mileage. I mean, Definitely. Gohan uses the Kamehameha to defeat Cell. Right. So obviously it's not completely gone. Yeah. And I think that pretty well covers the attack so i think so that's it um, yeah that's it cool well uh one character that does not use the kamehameha and probably never would is vegeta hey mary yeah you got a list about vegeta that i do fangirls and boys mary your list this week the top five vegeta's lost his mind moments. Yeppers. And this entails various Vegeta-isms. <laughs> it could mean, wow, that's really out of character for him. Or, wow, that was really stupid of him. <laughs> so it kind of, you know, it could cross into both of those arenas. Mary, number five. Number five is, surprise, surprise, something that took place in Dragon Ball GT. <laughs> so you could say, oh, that doesn't count. But you know what? For the sake of making Vegeta look stupid, I'll gladly put this on the list. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. This is when uh, Goku has become a Super Saiyan level four. And Vegeta in his, you know ultimate egoism decides, hey, I want to play that game too. <laughs> and, you know, typically his Saiyajin pride would dictate, I'm going to work hard and do this myself. and Because, you, know, you know, if this popper can do it, then so can I. All right, I'm a prince. It's in my blood that I can do this. Instead, he resorts to Bulma's ray gun. <laughs> like, great. <laughs> that takes a lot of effort. So it's kind of like, oh, Vegeta, you're just getting lazy in your old age. <laughs> so it's not so much that he lost his mind. I just think he got lazy. It's just kind of out of character for him to let take someone the easy else way do out. something for him. Right, to do something for him, and he's taking the easy way out. Yeah. So for that, I say, Vegeta, you done lost your mind. Okay, number four. <laughs> now, number four, this boy's losing his mind. <laughs> okay. Like, really? This is during the... the um, segment when he's training extensively before the androids show up and at this point Goku's become a Super Saiyajin Trunks has appeared and become a Super Saiyajin Vegeta has not he's one left of these things is not like the other right he's left out of the big boys club and is having some issues with it <laughs> he's having crazy hallucinations where <laughs> Goku and this boy that he does not really know that well even though he's his son are appearing in his dreams and taunting him <laughs> like hey we can go blonde and you can't. They kind of fade off into the distance. And then Vegeta cries like a little bitch. <laughs> but we'll revisit that aspect okay. elsewhere in this list. So 
For Vegeta going actually crazy in his mind, you get number four slot. <laughs> Sweet. Number three. Number three is Vegeta crying like a little bitch again <laughs> in movie 12. And it's at number three because he's crying like a little bitch. And that's so out of character. And yet, you know, the number of times that he cries in this show, maybe it's not out of character. <laughs> no, if it happens that often, maybe it is part of his personality. But in movie 12, he's so frustrated at everything going on around him that he's alone with Goku in, in the spiky hell cave. And he just starts crying. <laughs> kind of whimpers. <laughs> kind of whimpers. These tears fall off his face. And it's like, oh, man. Any ounce of cool you just had just, you know, went away. It evaporated. <laughs> so, again, it's another... I guess for him, it's in character to be that frustrated. You know, he gets frustrated a lot. But he let it get to him. Yeah, he let it get to him to the point that, oh, man, I'm showing my weakness in front of the guy I'm trying to impress. <laughs> Oops. So, yeah, number three. Okay. Is there a number two? Yes, there is. And it's another movie moment. Okay. And... This isn't Vegeta crying. This is Vegeta having a mental breakdown <laughs> on a grand scheme in front of everybody. And it got so bad um, to the point that Piccolo in movie 8 needs to pick up a cowering Vegeta <laughs> off the floor by his hair <laughs> and flies him away. Uh, Vegeta is just so overcome with fear and how strong Broly is. He's sitting there cowering like, oh my god, we're all gonna die! Don't, don't they know <laughs> what's gonna happen? They're all gonna... And Piccolo's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? We're all fighting. So, I mean, it was nice to see Piccolo. I was just rooting for him in that scene. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Piccolo, you show him who's boss. If there's anyone that needs to just slap Vegeta around for a bit, it's not Goku. It's Piccolo. Right. He's everyone's, you know, favorite <laughs> uncle. Uncle. <laughs> uncle Piccolo. Uncle <laughs> Piccolo. Coming oh, around yeah. to smack some sense into you. So, yeah, that's uh, Vegeta's um, <laughs> panic attack <laughs> for movie eight. <laughs> Number one. Number one. I kind of feel bad putting this at number one because we did address this in a specific episode of the podcast, but it's just so, Vegeta, you're not thinking or using your head that it warrants a number one position, and I'm referring to when he lets Cell become perfect, <laughs> just because he wants oh, a good dear. fight. No, <laughs> screw the world. Who cares about those people that live there? I just want to have some fun. He thinks he's so hardcore. He's so great. He surpassed everyone. You can do whatever you want. I'll still be able to take you in. Wow. No. Dope. It makes for great um, drama. It does. Well, yeah. Because the whole time you're like, oh, Vegeta, no, don't do it. No. I mean, I know that's <laughs> the whole point. But wow. Yeah. He he doesn't know. Understandable, but really dumb. Yeah. It's like, you're not as strong as you think you are. You are strong. But Cell's a bit stronger, especially when he becomes perfect. And yes. you don't want to see that. So, you know, I like to make fun of Vegeta, but it's only because I love. I have to say this every few years. I hate I, because I love. I hate because I love. No, I do not hate him. No, not at all. I just like to point out his faults because it's charming. Thank you, Mary. You're welcome. It's time for releases. Now, the rest of July. What's coming out, folks? July 11th. Hmm. We still don't know about this one. DragonBallZ.com is still listing an entry for Ultimate Uncut Edition Volume 10, The Saiyan Prince. 
supposedly episodes 28 through 30, um, this is not listed anywhere else. Oh, dear. Even in Z-Store. Maybe it's a Dragon Ball Z.com exclusive. Yeah, right. But you can't order it from there anyways. Oh. <laughs> Maybe it's, it's the Phantom release. Phantom release, yes. <laughs> so we really don't know what's going on. Uh, it doesn't look like this is really going to come out if no one has any SKUs for it. Uh, we're just going to have to wait and see what comes of this uh, Season 1 box set in September. But if this indeed comes out, it's Goku versus Vegeta. We don't know. Hey, what's on July 19th? That would be Dragon Ball Z, La Saga de los Saiyans. This would be episodes 9 through 16 of the Spanish release on DVD of DBZ. It's got a bunch of languages, I believe, among them Castellano or Castilian Spanish, Gallego, Basque, Catalan, yeah. uh, Spanish subtitles, a bunch of extras and remastered footage. Very sexy. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, pretty nice, I suppose, if you're, you're in that part of the world. Julian, so. how much does it cost and where can you get it? <clears throat> well, I, I guess you could get it if you're, um, you know, like Amazon. Probably if you look at their Spanish site, you could probably get it from there. Or Sona DVD. Right. Can you order from Sona DVD? Uh, I don't know. Well, if you can, then... <laughs> well, if you can, you can! And if not, um, uh, we... I'll we'll... find the link to it somewhere. Yeah. You can buy it. You have the information that we gave you, <laughs> and it is twenty four ninety five in euros. Oh, very good. So check that out on the 19th. Volume 1's already out, and uh, here's Volume 2. There's only one other thing coming out in July. Mary, Ooh. July 20th, I have another order coming in. That's right. Your money just keeps getting <laughs> you know, given to the nation of Japan. Bye-bye, paychecks. All right, we've got Battle Stadium D-O-N, the Dragon Ball Z One Piece Naruto fighting game. Yay! One to four players Yay! for all your friends and family. Yay! It's been developed by Aiting, the group responsible for the Naruto Gekuto Ninja Tyson 4 game. Yay, which I have now. Yes. Yay! <laughs> uh, you can get Yay. it for Japanese PS2 and GameCube, and it retails for 7,140 yen. Which is, what, about 65 bucks? About 65? 65. Yeah. Uh, don't count an American release. Let's just get that out there. It would be licensing yes. nightmare. If they do manage to pull it off, I think I it would be fear. huge. Yes. I think it would be huge I mean, here. On the bright side, just like in Japan, the manga at least ha is licensed by the same company for all three. This is true. Uh, and, I mean... Even in Japan, it's different anim animation studios. That's true. Uh, Dragon Ball Z and uh, and One Piece are both Toei animation, right. while Naruto is Piero. But, right. um, it just makes more sense for them to be able to play nicely over in Japan yeah. as opposed to here. So and who knows? I just fear for what would happen of an American release, especially with those dubs. Yes. Well, at least well, just the One Piece one. <laughs> yes. I, I feel like the Dragon Ball Z and Naruto ones would... Uh, would be good. Be, would go through okay, but... Somehow something would happen to the One Piece one, and it would <laughs> seem like the same game with no, those characters. Exactly. Uh, so that's July for you. Three things. Uh, expensive stuff, but that's all right. Let's hit up the emails. Our first email comes to us courtesy of SSJD, and this is an interesting question. I've seen this a lot of places, and it stems from confusion over who handles what. Question is, is Garlic Jr. and his gang in the manga? That's part one. Part one, let's answer real quick. No. 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 It was um, filler created exclusively for the TV series. 
because uh, Toriyama was running a little behind on what he needed to do and had to come up with a story for the rest of the series. Well, he didn't. Uh, yeah, well, we'll get to that part. <laughs> okay. Part two of the question, though. Or did those Funimation freaks just add them to the TV shows because they thought they needed more villains? <laughs> what, what just confuses me about... Th- I mean, I, I can't make fun of it, but what's confusing is that they've directly addressed the word manga. So they know, like... It originates in Japan yeah. in some form or another. Funimation solely takes the show and dubs it and distributes it here. Yeah. They don't I mean, add anything new to it. I mean, even with like their, their own intro sequences and what have you, they take existing animation and just splice it together. Right. They don't like paste in characters in front of the background <laughs> or something. Nor do they commission new episodes or arcs just because they feel like it. Right. Uh, the Garlic Jr. arc begins with... Uh, I'm going to say episode 108. I'm going by the uh, episode listing in Daisenshu 5. Uh, 107 appears to be Kudadin coming back to life, and 108 has a picture of Garlic Jr. So I'm going to say that's where it starts. And it runs for 10 episodes. So the Garlic Jr. arc started airing in Japan on September 18th, 1991. Uh, Funimation didn't even have the license for the series yet at this point. So it would be complete... I don't even know if they were a company at this point. Yeah, I mean... it would it be impossible. Least, yeah, it was at least three or four years later when Funimation got the license. Right. So, So yeah, this was on Japanese TV. This was part of the original Japanese TV show and run and everything. Um, it's one of the few instances in the Dragon Ball Z TV series where there's an entire arc that is filler. And that's a lot more common with <laughs> Naruto. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but... Um, like, DBZ had the Garlic Jr. arc and the Anuyoi Chibudokai arc. Those were two filler arcs. They were not present in the original manga run. They were created exclusively for the TV series. So Funimation didn't create it. Toei did. What? At least they didn't run for months and months and months on end, like know, right? other recent shows <laughs> I can name. Yes! It's just ironic that fans of those shows always accuse Dragon Ball of having filler arcs that last long and long yeah, and long. Yeah, right? What's up with that? Right. And theirs are longer. <laughs> exactly. Ah, revenge is delicious. Even, even Dragon Ball isn't dragged out as long as some of the other series are these days. I know. It's so I love funny. it. I love it. It's all coming back full so, circle. Is there anything else you want to add to this, Julian or Mary? I think you've got it pretty well covered. In short, Funimation has nothing to do with Garlic Jr., although I'm sure the dubbing couldn't have made it any better. <laughs> <laughs> I've said it before. I couldn't sit through it in Japanese. I'm sure as hell not going to sit through it in English. Next go. email. This one comes to us from Arun or Zaisho or Zaisho or however you say that. Z-A-Y-S-H-O. But um, <clears throat> So, and he or she says, whichever, uh, <laughs> my name's Arun, otherwise known as Zaisho or Zaisho, on some message boards. I remember finding this song a couple of years ago on dbzwarriors.com. I never heard of it. Uh, it was an English version of the first DBZ opening song, Chala Head Chala. While the webmaster calls it the American version of Chala Head Chala, it's obviously never been played in either the original Ocean dub or in the Funimation dub. Would any of you guys happen to know where this song is from? By the way, this isn't the Hironobu Kageyama English version. Thanks in advance to keep up the good work on the podcast. Now, the file that they sent, uh, I love when people do this. This was an MP2 file. Yes, folks, MP2, not MP3. Originally put up by Wuken on Susinshu. Ah, oh, memories. Yes. The, uh, one of the biggest Dragon Ball fan sites way back in the day, and one of the ones that inspired me to get going. We're talking 
mid-late 90s here. It is not an American version. <laughs> Let's just get that out there. No, that's incorrect. This is a version in English produced for the Philippines. Um, there is a, I guess you can call it a group called Age of Wonder, who produced English versions of songs for various animation festivals where they did some dubs of DBZ movies and TV specials and stuff. They actually have two English versions of this. There's one with a very, very natural sounding, suave, pleasant on the ears uh, male singer. And this is that version that Wuken had up. There's also another version that's a little more kitty sounding that's um, a little different than this version. But so these two versions of the song were done for the Philippines. That's really what it comes from. Uh, at least one of them was on a CD called Songs of a High-Spirited Saga that was released um, down there for, you know, these songs. That's really what it is. So it looks like these songs were originally on Wuken's site. Other yes. sites stole them, removed the ID tags. Change it to MP3. Uh, change it to MP3 not. and call it an American version. So it's a lot of misinformation about this song going on through the internet if over the years. If you're ever curious, if you have a file that's 44 kilohertz, 32 kbps, mono, it's an MP2 from Wuken's site. I mean, that was his encoding style. So it's very clear where these came from. But that's what this is. There are other English versions. Um, Hironobu Kageyama did an English version for one of his CDs called Mixture. He did um, three English songs on that. But uh, I think that sums it up pretty well. Indeed. Yeah? Mary, yeah. I'm going to let you read this one. Okie dokie. This one comes from Martin Twain, and he mm. asks, How do you guys feel about people cosplaying as DBZ characters? Do you think they're generally good or most of the time bad? Particularly to Mary, do you like Trunks cosplay? Also, I don't know why, but I've been wondering what your astrological signs are. <laughs> I like, okay. I like that last part. I don't left field. <laughs> what do you think about cosplay? Oh, by the way, what's your sign? <laughs> Ooh, someone's hitting on all three of us collectively. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. Uh, we have a friend that cosplays CBZ. She does it very well. Right. And I think part of that is a lot of the females are very easy to cosplay because they look like normal chicks. Yeah. So you could pull off a female DBZ character and still look normal. Yeah, I think it it's, good. I think it's, and trunks. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a lot harder to cosplay as the men because they're either aliens or very bulky or have high hair. So if you could pull it off, that's great. I've heard rumors of an excellent boo going around, like the old gray boo. I've seen some great ones. I've seen some mediocre ones. What I think is really interesting is that as more and more time passes, the people that are doing DBZ seem to be doing it hella well. I think the best one I've seen in recent years is Mr. Satan. Mr. Satan, yep. I think Julian oh, yeah. has the photos. Yeah. Oh, yes. Just some really... Um... Oh, I have it saw... readily accessible, so I could even put it... Well, I think it oh, is actually up on the rep website already. Oh, I'll, great. We'll find I'll give it. you a link, Mike, and you can put it up with the rest of the stuff for the podcast. Sounds like a plan. You know, the really big characters do really well, too. We saw a fantastic um, Gyumao, Ox King, one year. Oh, yeah. Had the helmet oh, and everything. Yeah. He looked fantastic. I saw yeah. a girl, or maybe it was a photo. I guess it was Julian, another photo of yours. I think you had a picture of someone dressed up as Bulma. Um, well, I had a picture of uh, Arara-chan from... Oh, I think that's what oh. I was thinking of. I, I love well, it when she, people She appears in Dragon Ball, so... <laughs> that's <laughs> true. <laughs> I love it when people do it, especially when they do it well. For the most part, I see pretty decent costumes these days mm -hmm. when people do actually do it. And it's almost for yes. obscure characters, like uh, yeah. at Anime Next, uh, um, one of yeah. our visitors dressed up as Chaozu, or not Chaozu, but a disciple of uh, Sudu Sen. I'm going to say Chaozu, because I want yeah. to shave her head. And actually, <laughs> I, I did see a very good 17... 18 pair at um, Anime Boston last year, although one of them was uh, the person we all knew. <laughs> <laughs> and 17 was somebody 
else. <laughs> right. So I, I enjoy seeing the cosplay. But in terms of, in particular to me, do I like Trunks cosplay? Inherently, I should. But I've yet to see one that looks so much like Trunks that I drop to my knees and say, Give me your photo! It's usually like... I would be very upset anyways. So I'm glad that we haven't well, seen one. No, no, thing. no! But I would be greatly impressed. But usually it's just, you know, sweatpants and, you know, a jean jacket. And I know... <laughs> That's pretty much what Trunks wears, but nothing quite up to my obsessive standards, if you will. <laughs> you miss cosplay. Hey, you know what? I have no right to talk since I can't cosplay, so you know what? Just disregard everything I said. I'll say I'm impressed with everything. I do anyway. Because I can't do yep, it. That's fine. All right, so what are our signs, everyone? Um, I'm, I have cancer. <laughs> and, no. and interestingly enough, I'm a Capricorn, which makes me the exact opposite of Mike on the star what, sign. What? <laughs> but but we also get along because they're cardinal signs on the zodiac, so we can get along. I'm glad oh, you know this nice. stuff. Yeah. Yes. And I'm a Pisces. Um, I'm also single, but I'm also not looking, so <laughs> there you go, ladies. Oh, I love you. Not you, Mike. <laughs> That's all we're doing for emails this week. We have a buttload more, but we've we've done so much this episode, we gotta cut it short there. We want more emails, though. Uh, hop over to the website. Over on the left-hand side, you'll see that contact link. Click it. You'll get our email address. You can send us text emails. We'll answer your questions. You can also send us audio emails. Record yourself, MP3 or so. Send it to us uh, around 30 seconds so we can uh, make sure we play as many as we can. We want to answer your questions, so send them on over. Folks, it is time to end this episode. Woo! 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 I got to turn the AC back on. Yeah. And I got to play more Super TV. <laughs> Oh, no, i got to edit the podcast. Ah! It explodes. Ah, but I want to play the game. But, you know, I'll have to play the game to get screenshots and sound samples and stuff. Ah, multitasking. So, haha, I'm working, but I'm playing the game. That's the best part of doing this podcast. I know. I love it. It's working, but we're having fun. I work because I love, and I love because I work. That makes no sense. That's it. Wow, episode 34. Yeah. Hot damn. Hot diggity. Hot diggity. Wow, that was weird. Ooh, creepy. So we'll be back next week with episode 35. Y'all going to be around? Yeah. We have some exciting stuff coming to the website soon. I had a certain individual email me a couple updates for a certain section. Ooh, Ooh. cryptic. Mm. Uh, it's going to be my main website priority after the onslaught of video stuff going on right now. Cool. Uh, We're going right. to have some great updates. I have to get the DVDs for it so I can do screen cams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look for that soon. We're going to have videos coming up soon on the site. That'll nice. be interesting. And all the bandwidth you can eat. <laughs> mm, we, we'll also have uh, an announcement about a certain video project pretty soon, ah, probably. That'll uh, be interesting. Um, yeah. Julian, what do you got going on for the site? Anything? Um, well, uh, I'm going to get back onto a couple of things because I've been mostly doing a lot of reading and such for my project. But yeah. uh, now that the reading and studying and doing all that is starting to wind down a little bit, I might get back onto, say, my names guide and the puns thereof that yeah. I've been That'd be good. Kind of, I started, and it was getting pretty good for the first arc, and, it, and the first arc is actually almost done. <laughs> yeah, it is. And so... I think you were waiting on me for something. <laughs> yeah, I was. I think you were supposed to read something from Journey to the West so I could put that information <laughs> in the... 
I think the Ox King thing. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's pretty close. And if I get that done, I can at least put it up, and then I can delay working on the other sections for however as long as I want. In typical so, Daizenshu EX fashion, we have a bazillion things that are 99% done and just haven't been posted. But, uh, you know, we're getting there, so check that all out, yeah? Yeah. Well, let's finish it on up here. Mary, right. Yeah. thank you for joining us as always. You're with. Other than being found to my less than proverbial right... You can be found at... I can be found at the website Temple O Trunks. That's www.temple-o-t-r-u-n-k-s.com. And guess what? The site's back up. Yay! Yay! Bandwidth wins again. <laughs> Julian, how about you and I? Micah and I can be found at DaisNGUEX. That's at www.daizex.com. That's daizex.com. Back to you, Mike. Thank you, Julian. Uh, that's really all there is to it. All right. So thanks for joining us. Episode 34. Check back for 35 next week. For Mary, for Julian, for all of Zaisenshu EX, I am Mike Libri, Vegito EX, and okay, I believe you. But my Tommy gun don't. Daisenshu EX, Podcast, Konshu Mo Kite Kudasate, Arigato Gozaimasu, Daisu O Tarashimini.